You are now listening to The Oliver Manley Show. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by OliverManalise.com. Are you an overachiever who wants high performance and a great life? Are you a leader who wants to make an impact with your gifts without burning out or missing out on life? Since 2011, I've been working with clients to achieve things like going from being a retail store manager to a full-time life coach with a 10-client practice, or a burned-out business owner who went from zero revenue for months to multiple six figures, or a real estate professional who grew their business and accomplished a lifelong dream of traveling the world for 10 months with their family. If you're interested in getting an outside perspective to help create clarity, direction, and breakthrough results in your business and life, please book a complimentary coaching session with me by going to olivermanalise.com. And if you do, I look forward to seeing how I can support you. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Oliver Manalise Show. I am your host, Oliver Manalise. Very grateful to be here with you wherever you are. Huge shout out to the people tuning in from the U.S., UK, Japan, Ireland, Australia, Switzerland, Mexico, and Germany. I really appreciate you investing the time to check out the show, and I'm just amazed at the reach that the show is getting. Also, a massive thank you to Patricia, who shared with us a review on Apple Podcasts. She writes, Oliver has the unique ability to go deep and inspire meaningful introspection in his work. This podcast is no exception. If you're interested in being a fly on the wall for authentic conversations about transformation, reinvention, and stepping into your greatness, this podcast is an invaluable resource that can provide you with many nuggets of gold you can apply in your continuous journey to be your best self. So, so honored to read this and extremely thankful for your support, Patricia. And guys, my request to you today is if you've been getting value from the show, please hit up Apple Podcasts. Write a five-star review and help us multiply the value of these amazing guests and their stories. It's really, really easy. You just go to the app uh, on your iPhone. You scroll all the way down to the show's page, and it's right there. You can do it right there from your phone. Today, we get to speak with Jonathan Mead. If you don't know him, he is a primal movement teacher, and you can find out more information about him at uncagedhuman.com. I've actually been following Jonathan's work for many years now and really, really love what he's up to in helping people rediscover their primal movement patterns, reconnecting with nature, creating really strong and flexible bodies. If you ever get a chance, go on Instagram and find Jonathan Mead and you can see so many great videos of him incorporating all these primal movement principles in nature when he's gardening and everyday life and playing in the woods and so much more. As always, guys, you can find the links, books, resources, and people mentioned on the show at olivermanalise.com forward slash show. All right, let's give it up for Jonathan Mead. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Oliver Manalise Show. This is where we have conversations with impactful and inspiring human beings and find out their stories, the behind the scenes. There's these breakdowns behind the breakthroughs that are really, really intriguing. And it really helps us as human beings realize that if it's possible for them to overcome those types of challenges, it's possible for us too. And today I am here with Jonathan Mead. And if you don't know who he is, he is a nature-based movement teacher out of Portland, Oregon. He quit his office job at age 23 to help people uncover their true offer to the world. Now in, now in his early 30s, he teaches primal movement both locally in Portland and through his online training programs. 
He's passionate about helping people reclaim their naturally strong, capable, resilient bodies so they can play freely without fear of breaking and show up strongly for the communities they love. Believing that people need more connection to their bodies, to nature, and to each other, he loves seeing the way people transform when they reconnect to their true selves. He believes that you can take you can take the man out of nature, but you can't take the nature out of the man. And no matter how many TPS reports you're fed and fluorescent lighting we absorb, the wildness is always just underneath the surface. Jonathan stands for building unwavering community, deep curiosity, and unapologetic wildness, knowing that is the path that can change and heal the world. His deepest mission is to instigate a worldwide movement of humans reconnecting with their true nature and rebuilding their naturally strong bodies. Jonathan, it is an honor to have you on the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me here, Oliver. I'm looking forward to connecting with your audience and hopefully sharing some things that might be of value. Yeah, I think you have a really intriguing story. I was actually like scrolling back in my Gmail and I, I, I've been getting your newsletters since... I think 2012. Wow. Yeah. Old school. Yeah, absolute (laughs) absolute old school. And I think what's really intriguing uh, for me, I think for for the listeners, uh, for the first part to maybe give give some people the the context behind uh, how you got to where you are, because you've gone through uh, some reinventions that I think are really, really uh, key ingredients as to why you got to to where you are right now and sharing the message that you have now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my my story is the condensed version anyway, is that I was, you know, like most people just sort of following the template and uh, going down that prescribed path of, you know, you get a job and you work and you show up and then you clock out and then you kind of live for the weekends type of thing. And at some point I just realized like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't, I don't understand why, you know, uh, the world works this way, why we have this system. And I knew that I didn't want to live that way. I didn't want to just be a template follower. Um, but I didn't really know how to change it until I started, um, getting exposed to, this was back in like 2007, uh, blogging was becoming a really big thing. Um, uh, which is which is kind of funny now because that was also the days of like MySpace and and <laughs> things like that. It's just crazy how much uh, has changed since then. Um, but at the time, blogging was really big, and I was just getting really into personal development. Um, and I thought, you know, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could have something to offer because, you know, at the time, um, everyone talking about personal development was was talking about it in a kind of like generic way and. Um, what I perceived to be kind of like a vanilla mainstream kind of way, you know, like Tony Robbins style and like Wayne Dyer and, you know, um, Brian Tracy and these guys that are great and they have good knowledge and stuff like that. But, um, it didn't speak to me really as like, you know, a kind of, uh, guy that grew up on like grunge music and, and punk rock and stuff like that. I didn't feel like there's anyone speaking to, more alternative, like nonconformist type of, uh, type of lifestyle type of approach. So I thought maybe I could speak to those people and, and resonate with those people in a way that they weren't, um, getting served, 
uh, elsewhere. So that led me to starting a blog uh, called Illuminated Mind, led me to quitting my job about a year and a half later. And then um, eventually, uh, people just kept asking me for help, like figuring out what their passion was and how they could quit their jobs. And um, I started uh, helping people do that. And it, at first, it was kind of like, ah, I don't know, is this is this really what I want to do? Do I want to become this like business advice guy? Uh, but I figured I could help people and, and provide maybe a little bit more, you know, meaningful take on it because again, all the, you know, business advice stuff on building an online business was very kind of dry and, uh, a little bit like soulless. It didn't talk a lot about like the purpose behind your work or, um, things like that. Mostly people were just talking about like, how to how to rank in Google and you know figure out your niche and your offer and funnel and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's a little bit of the uh, condensed, I guess, version of how I kind of got started. Yeah, yeah, that's I think that's how I I started to stumble upon some of your work with with paid to exist and. You seem to be yeah. somebody who is really, I mean, you're an avid blogger, like su you were super active. Um, and now you're, yep. you're in your videos, like you're, you're launching so many different videos and programs. And I think that, uh, the, the story behind that transition would be really interesting. Like what, what occurred yeah. for you that, uh, like, how did you know that it, there was time for a change or what, what occurred for you so that you switched into working in as, as a movement philosopher, I'd say. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I was, I was passionate about, um, helping people quit their jobs and find their passion and, and, and do this stuff. Um, but it, it was, it was hard. Um, first of all, because you know, the market is, um, all people that have jobs obviously. And, and to try to try to build something on the side is is very aspirational and very noble, but also extremely uh, difficult. Uh, I think it gets uh, romanticized a lot, and oh, people yeah. talk about like the freedom and all these things. But the truth is, it's it's really hard. You know, when I built my business, um, I was working a forty hour a week job. Uh, I you know rode my bike to work, and um, I worked. Uh, at, on my business during dinner every evening. And, and, you know, I worked every single weekend for a year and a half before I was able to replace my day job income. And, um, it was, it was really difficult it's and it was, a, it was a, yeah, it, it was a big sacrifice. You know, I didn't, I didn't go out. I didn't, uh, hang out with friends a lot. I, I didn't, you know, play guitar. I didn't, I gave up on a lot of things. Um, because that was really important to me. So anyway, um, trying to help people with that, it was just, it was just really difficult because a lot of people wanted to do it, but, um, it was, it was a little frustrating seeing not a lot of people follow through, you know, of course there were some people, you know, the, the anomalies and things like that that followed through and it felt like I was helping people, but I just knew that it wasn't really my true passion. And I'd always been obsessed with like fitness and, um, movement from, I didn't realize it was movement. I didn't know, have the language for that at the time, but I've always been kind of obsessed with this sort of physical development, um, from an early age. And I realized like I had to take my own medicine and like help myself figure out what I was really wanting to do, which was I kind think, of funny. I think it's really cool that you, 
uh, that you were able to recognize that fact and, and and kind of do the pivot because I think a lot of people would look at this whole idea of like wow you're able to create a side business and then eventually quit your job and now you're you're like you're yeah. do, you're doing well at it and you're you know you're yeah you're, people are coming to you for for support for advice and then something yeah. inside of you is just like wow like this is really great but this is not really where I I need to be like yeah. I think that's even more. Because you, you had the whole trailblazer philosophy, and I think that's even more of a trailblazing kind of move to make. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, I felt I started to feel like I wasn't really practicing what I was I was preaching to people, mm. um, and I knew that I wanted to do something different. Um, and then at the same time, like you know, like you said, you built this thing, and it's it has momentum, and it's it's working, and it's going well. Um, you know, I was one of the first people to, to do the whole, like, you know, build a lifestyle business, kind of like follow your passion thing at the time. Like there wasn't a lot of people doing it now. It's yeah. like everyone, everyone's <laughs> talking about like your passion and passion. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing. So, you know, like I, I knew that it was, I knew it was going to be harder to build the next thing because the landscape had changed, you know, like when I started on, um, Twitter, like I got like 10,000 followers in a, in a, you know, in a year because it was just like new and everyone's flocking to it. Um, grab. and yeah, exactly. And everything's so crowded, everything's so crowded now. And I don't think that's an excuse. It's just, I, I do think it's harder though than it, than it used to be. For sure. So, so for a while it was kind of like, you know, a comfortable, um, sort of uh, cage to, to be in. Uh, because it was going well and it's, yeah, it wasn't easy to walk away from. It took me a while to really make that decision and try to figure out the whole exit strategy with it. Yeah. I, I still remember getting the, like one of your final emails from it and it was just, I really, really respected that. Cause you were just like, listen, this is, I'm here to serve you. And to be honest, like I am not fully in and like, and I have to make this move in order to, to be, to, to live my exact principles. And I think yeah. that's to, to be that vulnerable and that transparent, it's really, uh, it's, I think it's encouraging for, for so many of us who might feel like because we've, we've, you know, created momentum in a new direction, maybe it is our business. Maybe we are passionate about it, but just like you said, it's almost like you go from one yeah. cage to another cage and you kind of, yeah. have to, you have to recognize that there's one that, that you just built for yourself. And is that really where you want to be? So. Right. Huge nod to you for that, man. Yeah. Thank thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that. It's good to hear that um, <laughs> sort of validation from someone that's been there, um, you know, since 2012 and, and has seen kind of the process. So thanks. I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. So, and so with the, with your, your phys, the physical aspect, uh, like the, the, the body awareness, like what happened for you? Cause I know for, um, so, so many of my own personal experiences, a lot of it begins with pain. Like there's, 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 all, yeah. there's often some sort of challenge or pain that I'm going through. And then it kind of wakes yeah. me up out of, out of this whole robotic, uh, like cycle where it's just like, Oh shit, something needs to change. Like I'm not, there's something that's not right. right. Like, was there, yeah. was there something for you that, uh, that occurred physically? Uh, you were always, you were interested in martial arts and, 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 
and gymnastics and things like that. But was there anything in, in particular that led you towards, um, towards what you're doing now? Yeah. So for me, you know, I, I've always, I've always been into fitness and movement, but the, I kind of stopped around age, I don't know, 15, 16. I, I got much more in, interested in smoking weed and listening to music and, you know, like hanging out with girls and all that stuff than, than I did with sports. So from the age of like 15, 16 to about 23 or so, I kind of like got out of a lot of movement stuff and started living a pretty unhealthy lifestyle. Um, and around 23, I was like, ah, oh, man, I really want to, like, I'd always want to do martial arts. Um, and I wanted to do uh, Wing Chun actually, but I couldn't find any Wing Chun teachers near me, but I found a Jeet Kune Do teacher and I knew that was like a little related, you know, cause Bruce Lee had done Wing Chun, mm-hmm. um, when he was, you know, first learning martial arts. So Jeet Kune Do is the system um, Bruce Lee developed. And my teacher that I found uh, was exposing me to all these different things that I had n- never really experienced before, like um, training on the gymnastic rings, like hanging up from, uh, you know, on a tree in the park and and going on barefoot runs, like in the San Gabriel Mountains. Um, and it was awesome. And I was obsessed with like getting stronger and, you know, becoming a better martial artist. And, and I had a lot of ambition and aspiration with that. But the problem was, um, the rest of the time when I wasn't doing that, I was sitting like eight to 10 hours a day (laughs) at a, at, at work. And then, you know, sitting and, you know, going out to eat and sitting in the car and sitting in, you know, on the couch at home. And, um, it was just wrecking my body. Like, uh, so over time, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It took me quite a while to sort of figure this out, but I started to question things like that's always been a kind of a, a skill of mine is, is questioning and wanting to get to the root of why things are the way they are. Um, so that led me to kind of like the paleo diet. And then I, Mm. I realized like, okay, so we have this like diet that we evolved to eat. That makes sense. Um, and then I, you know, started thinking about this with relation, you know, related to fitness and movement, like, okay, there's, there's certain lifestyle of fitness and movement that we evolved, you know, to, uh, to have as a life way. And, I'm obviously not doing that. Like I'm, I'm nowhere even close to that. I'm like training one to two hours a day. And then I'm, you know, the rest of those, you know, uh, 22, 23 hours, I'm not moving and there's something really wrong with that. So that's kind of what led me to starting to see a more natural approach to movement and starting to try to figure out like, how do we, you know, obviously we've outsourced movement from our lives. We are not required to move in a lot of ways, um, just as a, as a byproduct of, of living. So how do we try to recreate as much movement as possible, um, in our, in our modern lives is the kind of the questions I started asking. 
Yeah, it's like the whole the whole primal idea where it's like it's primal, it's primary, it's it's kind of it's in our genetics to do these specific primal things. And I mean, we're living in a world where we don't have to stock down our prey animal for hours and hours and hours until they bleed out and yes. tire out so that we can eat. We're not uh, picking things up all the time and or like hanging off things. Yes. And, and we, we sit in chairs instead of like squatting by a fire. So it's like yes. we're, we're almost like forced to recreate this in our own environment. Like it's before it's like right. it's for, it, we're forced. Like we, ha we have to do it to survive. And now it's like we have to recreate it ourselves. Like it's, it's really up to us. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 just like kind of similar to like the paleo-ish way of eating. Obviously, there's all these products in the paleo aisle of the store now that are like, eh, would you really eat um, paleo granola or like – um, I, I don't know, paleo ice cream, like, uh, doesn't seem super paleo to me, but, uh, just kind of like we're, if we want to live in, in alignment with our, our genetic makeup and our evolutionary heritage, we have to try to figure out how to recreate that, um, as best as we can right in the world that we're in, because for most of us, let, like, let's be honest, we don't have necessarily the option of, uh, you know, going back to that life way. That's a very difficult thing to try to do. Mm -hmm. So my approach is like, how do we, how do we, um, detox our, you know, detox and un, unindoctrinate, I guess, ourselves yeah. from this modern fitness mindset and, and learn how to take on more of a movement mindset. Um, cause that's where it starts, you know, like you can be in an environment where there's so much opportunity for movement and, um, and, and variety and like, you know, really nourishing things for your body. But if your mindset is limited and you don't, you know, see any of those opportunities, it doesn't do you any good. So I think that's kind of the, hmm. the starting point. In my perspective, and I would love to get your thoughts on it, is movement, and I guess we, we haven't even defined it for people, but I think that would be important, but I feel like movement is almost like a language because you can go take a walk through the woods or some park and stuff like that, but if you don't have the language of movement, you might not think like, oh, I can like yeah. lie on the ground and I can crawl and I can hang on that branch and I could... Uh, pick right. some things up and I could do do a, a couple of different uh, things to just play really and I think yeah. that's I don't know what, what do you what do you say about that yeah well uh, so part of it is um, the language for sure like we just lose that ability um, because we become disconnected from our bodies right over time as we become adults we live in a very mind dominant culture so we value the mind over everything else and we kind of treat our bodies as if they're you know just these things that transport our minds around or our brains around um so that that creates this kind of amnesia of the language of our bodies right because we we didn't we were born or not born, but we learned how to move and how to play and how to explore our bodies as kids. We just stopped doing it. Um, so it's partly, I think a process of waking that up and then also really giving yourself permission to approach, um, movement outside of the fitness, um, box. So, uh, it's, it's, it's really kind of confusing. So let's, let's just, 
define some terms right now. So yeah, like, let's back let's fit, back up. Yeah, yeah. Fitness is meant. The real definition of fitness is that you're fit for your environment, right? Um, mm. But what does that even mean now? Like you're fit to sit in What's a chair. <laughs> yeah, like that's great, but that might cause you some problems if that's the only thing you're fit for. Um, so like that's, that's the original definition of fitness being fit for your environment. But now fitness is more based on, um, training to try to compensate for what we're not doing, but it's not doing a very good job of it. Uh, so the problem is fitness as we know, it comes out of, uh, sports training, right? That's how we developed modern fitness, gyms, weightlifting routines. Um, all these things are originally meant to help you get better at a sport at a performance, or to get, specific performance. Yeah. They're, they're based on performance. They're not based on like, what is the optimal movement, uh, lifestyle for a human? Right. You know what I mean? Um, so that's, that's where fitness is at now. Movement on the other hand is about um, so many different things that aren't necessarily, uh, found in fitness. So I know guys that can, you know, deadlift 500 pounds and squat, you know, 400 pounds, but they can't move their big toe, you know, or they can't make a circle with their shoulder, right? They can't lift their something. (laughs) Yeah. You can't lift your shoulder over overhead. Those to me, I think are like basic movements. Um, and then there's also just the ability, like when I think of good movement, I think of the ability to solve um, more movement problems. So the gym mm-hmm. is a place where everything is kind of like really idealized, right? When we when we learn, for instance, how to deadlift, which is just you know picking something, a barbell up off the ground, right? Um, that's kind of like a perfect scenario. The bar is perfectly manicured and you're trying to reach this place where you do it with the perfect form to maximize the amount of weight you can lift. Mm. But the problem is like, that doesn't like, what if you need to pick something up off the ground from one leg or what if you need to pick something up off the ground when you're in a lunge or what if you need to pick something up behind you or what if you're carrying something with one arm, you know, like a child or yes. grocery, <laughs> groceries or, or something like that, and you need to pick something else up? Like, So if you were to practice a more practical movement approach of just putting yourself in different situations. So this is something I do with clients, right? Um, I just set up different movement situations and then have them try to solve the task like picking things up off the ground in as many different varieties and forms as possible. Cause that, that creates more input right into your body and more experiences. So then in the future, when you're faced with those challenges in real life, you have more um, things to draw on. Not that deadlifting in that way can't be valuable. Like that's, that, that can be valuable, but like, I think do you still go train uh, like do strength training yeah, I and do weights I, and things like that as I, well. I do that, but it's it's a small percentage of what I do. Right? Yeah, that's it's what like I've 20, been finding. Like, like recently, it's 
Yeah, it's, it doesn't have the same, um, I don't know, ex- I guess excitement or just joy for me. And uh, fr- from what you're talking about, it almost seems like the context needs to be opened up because the context uh, that you're talking about movement, someone might still think that, okay, I got to be in a gym setting and right. practice some of these things. And, uh, and they, they probably tie it into yes. the whole fitness arena. So it's like, okay, yes. I got to be at my gym uh, or my home gym or whatever it is. But from right. all of the, like from your client stories and from your videos, it's almost like you, you see, you even say every five minutes, like get up, move, like going, going to lunge, even if you're working yes. on a computer, like you can change position. So the context is different. It's like, it's your whole like your whole way of being is shifted. Not it's not like a set. Okay, now we're practicing movement. No, it's like your entire right. day is structured around. Okay, you got to pick stuff right. up. You got to twist. You got to be on the ground. Like you got to do all these all these yes. different things. Yes, Mo- movement is life, right? So the way you move is the way you live, right? So movement isn't something that is just confined to something you do when you're at a certain location, you're moving all the time, mm-hmm. right? Even when you're just, you know, whatever it is you're doing right now, whether you're listening to this podcast, driving on your commute or you're going for a walk or doing dishes, whatever it is, you're moving in some way. It might just be your breath, right? It might be the, breath the is way, always moving. Yeah, there's always movement. The question is, how are you moving? Are you moving in a way that's embodied, in a way that's intentional? And are you moving in a way that's that's aligned with the way your body evolved to move? If you want to have the best experience in your body and you want to move like, you know, a badass into your 80s, which is what I want to do, you know, like I think these are important things to think about. So you mentioned um, the... Uh, you know, working at your, at your desk or your computer thing. I think this is a really good example because, um, uh, it's really practical, right. And has a lot of potential, uh, for, uh, a lot of results, um, because we spend a lot of time, right. At our computers Mm -hmm. and our devices. So everyone's heard like sitting is the new smoking, right? So there's been this like, um, opposite swing to standing but <laughs> standing yeah yeah the trade we're just trading one static position for another right there's nothing wrong with sitting sitting is great sitting is fantastic the damage is in the dose of it right sitting for 12 mm. 10 hours is not good um even sitting for i would say you know more than 20 minutes in one position is is going to be bad. Uh, so what I like to tell people is continually change up your position. You could be in a standing position and continually changing up. Like you could be in a lunge, you could have your feet together. Your knees could be bent balance or yeah, you could balance on one leg. You could be sitting and be cross-legged or in a kneel or legs out wide. The point is when you continually change up your position, you're giving your body different input. You're asking it to do different things. So your body, it's like people like to say like, oh, my body failed me. Like, ah, oh, my body It's just, no, it's not, it's not your body. Your body didn't fail you. Um, 
your body just does gets better at whatever it is you ask it to do. So if you're asking it to sit a lot, your body's getting really good at that. Really like good. It's, it's like a black belt G. at sitting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Black belt sitting status. Um, so if you want to get better at doing other things and you want to be less stiff and, you know, less aches and pains, ask your body to do more things. And the problem is once we feel aches and pains and stuff, a lot of people's response, and this was my response too, is we try to shrink things and we try to do less because we're like, oh, I don't know. That doesn't feel super great. And the answer is not less. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Got to back off. I I better make sure that I don't like overdo it. And there's truth to that. But if you start to develop a really fearful kind of uh, response to movement in general, then you start to shrink your window, right, of the things you can do. And it gets smaller and smaller over time. Yeah, like I, I, I teach yoga and I have people who will always say, I can't, I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible. Right. And that's, that's, like, why you that's one yoga. of the most common things. Exactly. You, you go and do yoga so that you can become flexible. You're like, you don't, right. you don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not a good gymnast, so I'm not going to take gymnastics classes. It's like, it doesn't make, right. doesn't make any it sense. It reminds me of the Louis CK thing or what, or maybe it was, uh, what's the guy, uh, Jim Gaffigan. Oh, I think it was Jim Gaffigan where he's like, talking about the guy that's really buff at the gym. And he's like, why are you here? <laughs> he's like, you're done. You're, you're done. Go home. <laughs> uh, the rest of us got to stay in the oven. Like you can get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. So you've talked about embodiment. I've seen a lot. Like, could you explain what you, what you mean there? Cause I think that that's an important piece. Like embodying uh, your body, yeah. like inhabiting your body, that kind of stuff. Right. Embodiment is the foundation for everything because my body is, is how I live, right? We, we have this kind of false separation of the mind and the body, and we think that they're two mm-hmm. different things. Um, when in fact, I haven't ever seen evidence of a mind that didn't have a body. Uh, not yet, at least. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll get there in, in the future. But for now, we're you know unless these, it's an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> as, unless, yeah, unless you're one of those heads in the jar things, um, <laughs> that'll be terrifying. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> be like, oh god, someone get me out of here. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we have bodies, and if we want to. In my view, if we want to live a meaningful, full life, it's a good idea to be as embodied as possible. So how do we get out of our bodies? Well, we preference the mind and we preference anything that's mind-related. And that's that's really just a result of our culture, right? Because uh, one of our greatest advantages um, that we've been able to develop as a species and why we're so dominant is because we're, we're super clever, Right. We're, we become really smart. We've done that through language and abstraction and being able to tell stories and um, to build things, think strategically, plan things out in the future. These are all really yeah. good, valuable um, assets that we have. Um, but the cost of that has for a lot of folks is is 
you know, not being in our, in our bodies enough. Um, and there's so much value in just being here right now in your body. One of the biggest is from a standpoint of, you know, communication and how you want others to perceive you, right? Because so little of the way other people respond to us and whether they want to work with us, whether they want to give us money, um, whether they want to be in relationship with us, whether they want to be in community with us is, is about what we're saying with our bodies, not what we're Mm. speaking with our words. So that, I mean, that in and of itself, I think is, um, really important. Um, when it comes to embodiment, the other, the other thing is if you want to move better, you need to be embodied and you need to be connected with your body and something I'm always telling clients and my students is before you try to change your body, make sure you're inhabiting it because what we often try to do is we feel like you mentioned pain earlier. We feel a pain and that kind of signals us to do something, right? And that signals us to make a change, to get up, move, stretch, whatever it is. Um, really good, right? It's, it's, it's good that we have pain because it, it's helpful to us. It can be a good signal, a good wake up. Um, but a lot of times we go straight to trying to change what's going on rather than first being in our bodies and being in relationship to our bodies. Uh, so it's like, it's like asking, you know, it's like asking someone to be different before you've listened to what they're saying. Yeah. Like what is actually going on? Like that, I feel like that pain yeah. is information for us. Um, what, what, what would you say to people? I don't know if you encountered this in your practice, but like your coaching practice, but there are people who don't trust their bodies. Yeah. Maybe it's failed them in the past. Maybe they've had, uh, issues in the past that, that they've had to struggle with and fight with and, and they become so, uh, head dominant. They're so mind dominant because it's like, Hey, that's how I win at life. Like I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I use my brain. Uh, mm-hmm. my body has failed me and I don't trust it. Like, how would you, how would you work with that kind of person? Well, first they have to have a desire to have more confidence in their bodies. That's, that's number right. one. Um, if they, if they're at a point where they've completely given up, it's, it's hard to help someone like that. Um, but if they just, yeah. Yeah. If the desire is there though, and I can relate to this a lot because that was my experience. I stopped trusting my body and it felt like whatever I did, I, I had pain, you know, I had a pretty bad shoulder injury from not listening to my body, some, you know, chronic neck Mm. stuff, um, some hip, hip issues. And I stopped trusting my ability to move, uh, mostly because I was disconnected from my body, but I wanted to change. So if you want to change, I think it's really important to start with really basic, simple movements that make things a lot safer. So you mentioned learning the language of movement, right? Learning the language of your body, learning those 
words so then you can create more sentences you can say more interesting things with your body right um i think a good way to start that the process of learning that vocabulary is going back to the ground um and working on yoga is really great for this and also practicing a lot of developmental movements so these movements that we learn when we first learn how to move um they can be really good because our body uh, sees them as familiar and um, because we're so close to the ground, there's not as much fear of falling. The body likes it when it's yeah. close to the ground. Um, yeah, the more points of contact we have, I think uh, the more that those pain signals, fear signals uh, can be ramped um, down. So that would be, I think, the first place I would start with those people like to re so first first they gotta be like yeah something needs to change i need to change it i gotta i gotta do something about it and probably first things first start with some groundwork groundwork yeah so learning how to you know bridge and peel your spine off the ground um learning how to uh lift your limbs contralaterally and, and start to do some crawling patterns. Um, mm. uh, learn how to come from your back to roll to your side really efficiently. Um, rolling into a quadruped position, um, going from quadruped up to like a down downward dog to a squat, like some simple basic yeah. um, movements like that. And that's, and that's, that's really like, um, it sounds therapeutic cause I, cause I, I went through that sequence as well. Like you have a, like you have a wicked yeah. video about that. And uh, I went through that sequence and it's super, super simple, but also it feels therapeutic. Like it doesn't matter what kind of body you have, what shape you are and how flexible you are. It's all of this yeah. is accessible. Like you can adjust it, you can modify it and it's, and it's really accessible. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a real key because people might be intimidated. There's like, oh, movement, and they see people like uh, doing, doing backflips or or parkour, and they're like, oh, I don't know if I can get into movement. Like, I get, let me let me just uh, lose the right. beard gut first. Right, movement isn't just about like one arm handstands and juggling. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's about these simple <laughs> things. And and you know, anyone that's, uh, you know gotten those things anyway they spend a lot of time trust me on on the super basic foundational mm. um stuff so i i post a lot more of like the sexy fancy things on instagram because like people they don't they don't <laughs> really pay attention when you post the the boring stuff um but i try as much as possible to communicate like hey this is possible because of all the other work you know doing really simple you know things people would find boring or some people would find boring but to me they're like yeah there's so much there if you're willing to just like be curious and explore um the movement and not be obsessed with like doing it right or the perfect way yeah i can't, I can't tell you how um how transformational it's been to just hang more it's like i could be doing it a lot more yes. Um, I don't have a bar here, but every time 
I'm at the gym, like the way I begin and I end my workout with like a couple, like maybe five minutes total of hanging and it just feels so much better. And the, the single yeah. arm hang is one is a deadly, <laughs> that's a deadly practice, man. It's, it's just like, wow, this is amazing. I'm holding myself up with one hand, even if it is yeah. for five seconds, it's almost like the pain in my hands give up before, before yeah. anything else. Like I probably yeah, hold on if I didn't strength. have the pain yeah. going on. Yeah. No, hang, hanging is fantastic. I think hanging is, you know, one of those top five um, movements that are missing from modern uh, fitness culture. Uh, I would definitely. Yeah, hook us up. What's the top yeah. five you would say? Yeah, you know, so I, I've thought hanging. a lot about this. Hanging is definitely one. Um, squatting, obviously. So not, and not squatting mm-hmm. as an exercise, right? Like, so when people think of squatting, they think of like, I'm, Not I'm up standing and, and then I go squat up and down, up and down. So actually squatting and using that as, um, I think of it as a, both a resting position and then as a transitional position. So if you watch like a baby, mm. like a, like a toddler, they'll use the squat as like a transitional position to move through other shapes. Um, so cool. being active in the squat, not just like, it's just this one you know, pose that you hold and that's all you do. Um, what else, you know, walking, <laughs> people don't walk. Yeah. Enough. Walking that's, is walking is huge, one. man. I, I was like 40 pounds heavier than I am now. And the first thing I was like, I, I had to do was just start walking first. And yep. that, that created some power for me. That created some empowerment just like, Oh yes. wow. I could actually, walk for an hour and then like i just started to feel a little bit better being uh, out in the world totally. and connected to the planet right so yes. walking yeah and connected to your environment you know um it's it's huge and you're getting outside you're getting fresh air so many really important nutrients that um you're not going to get in a gym for sure so walking um I would say, uh, breathing is, is a, is a big one. Breathing is, is just so foundational, right? It's the first movement you ever do. Uh, as soon as you're, you know, out of the womb. Um, and most of us, we're just not, we're not breathing very well. We're breathing really shallowly. We're chest breathing. We're chronically in a, in a stress, um, state. So learning how to breathe through the diaphragm mm. uh and then is there a different is there yeah. a special technique that you have uh for for your own um, breathing practice because i know like for me yeah. like the yogic breathing is very much like in the belly in the front of the body but i also have uh, other friends in different modalities and they they have constant conversations about three-dimensional breathing like even a imagining the back of your body and the side of your body expanding and contracting as you breathe. And uh, what I notice is my back body doesn't move. Like my spine doesn't move when I breathe. And so part of my work is that is like, how do I send my breath to the back of my body? Like, I don't know if you you have any particular. For sure. No, that's, that's good. Um, Yeah. For most people, it's like, it's good to start with the belly because it's, it simplifies it. Um, But Ideally, if I'm going to work with someone, I'm guiding them through waking up the breath um, through. So I think about it in 360 degrees um, and then also up and down. So breathing into the front space, into the sides. 
And you can do this right now, right? Doing you it right now. Place, you can place your That's hands on your – yeah, place your hands on your belly. You can feel that expansion there. Um, and what, what I actually like to do is have people first start off with fully exhaling. So breathing everything out, out, out. And that lets the ribs completely drop, right? So think about the, on your next inhalation with those ribs dropped, then you keep them there and then you expand the breath from there. So breathing into the front. Yeah, breathing into the sides. Um, you can place your hands on your back. So that's that's the area, you know, it's it's um challenging Incredibly for most relaxing people. As soon as you just Yeah. Yeah. No, it's and what it's, would you say it's is, the, really, is the fifth. Um the fifth uh <sighs> so many to would, choose from. <laughs> there there's so there's so many, right? We could do like a top twenty, we could talk about um, the importance yeah. of of climbing, and we could talk about ground sitting and all these things. But I would have to say, I I don't think it could be complete without moving with other humans. Yeah, uh, like having other people involved in in the actual movement. Yeah, yeah. So moving in community, moving with other people, um, getting feedback from other people on how you're moving is is really valuable and then also just you know physical touch whether that be through dance or martial arts or you know there's so many different art forms right like brazilian jiu-jitsu and um various you know styles of of um you know just martial arts and dance in general are super valuable. So that would be another area where I would highly encourage people to explore for sure. I, lo- I love that. Those are such, those are such great points because it sounds, it's not just you and your body, but you, part of you being uncaged, it's being uncaged with others. And like, that's kind of, it, it produces some meaning, some, some significance yes. in there when you're doing it with other people and you're, you have the, the physical touch and it's like, isn't it, I think there's a study where, where they say that human beings need touch, like in human infants yeah. need touch or yeah. they'll die, which is pretty, Abs- pretty incredible. Absolutely. And, and loneliness is becoming uh, a really big problem in our culture and our society. And I think a lot of that can be helped, um, by having spaces and practices where humans are coming together and actually moving together um, and interacting, you know, in, in physical space. Mm. I had one teacher, he was a Muay Thai teacher, and he always says, uh, begin with the body. He was like, master the body and the mind will follow. I would love your thoughts on that because I think there's one testimonial on your on your website I think his name was Lorenzo, Lorenco. And mm-hmm. he talks yeah. about how he, the experience for him was empowerment. Like that, he's like, that's what Jonathan does. It's like he, he provides people with empowerment. And, and I think for some people who are, who might be thinking about uh, movements, maybe from a fitness uh, strength, 
flexibility context as opposed to like no there's there's so much more to this right uh, i would love your thoughts on on how those re- are related and the impl- the the further implications beyond the body yeah so you know my my approach is that like let's let's get you moving in a more natural way let's help you create a practice let's help you take back control of your physical space and your environment cuz that's affecting you all the time and then those things that you want, whether it's flexibility, strength, um, better control, balance, those things will happen as a byproduct of you creating that practice, of you, mm. you know, shaping your own environment. Um, so why not? why not do that? And then you have a body that can automatically be more capable as opposed to a body that can look good and, and do certain things in the gym. But then when placed in a context of more variability and asking it to solve, you know, movement problems is maybe not as, as capable, maybe not as well suited. So Hmm. you talked about empowerment and confidence, like that to me is the biggest byproduct of this approach to training because when you train for challenging different or uh, solving different movement problems um, and creating a movement practice, it just naturally builds more confidence in who you are. You start to carry yourself differently. You know that you're capable of handling, you know, different situations, um, that might arise and you don't have that kind of like question right in the back of your head, like, Oh, if this happened or if this thing went down, would I be okay? Would I be able to handle this? Do do people ever, or have, have people reported, uh, breakthroughs beyond the physical aspects or like as a byproduct of the, the newfound confidence from their movement practice? Like, I don't know relationships ending or beginning or jobs, you know, leaving jobs or starting businesses or moving to a different country. Like have people gone through that type of transformation at all? I could only imagine that that's what is possible. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I've had, I've had clients where they, um, they start doing this work and then they realize like, actually it's my job that's the main source of the problem. And that, you know, (laughs) I feel kind of bad because it's like, Oh yeah, that's true. Um, but now it's like this whole other thing that maybe they weren't anticipating, but in the end it's, it's probably for the best. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's a ripple effect. Yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. Um, you can't, you can't pull at one thread and not pull at the whole fabric, right? Movement is not mm-hmm. something that is, you know, we like to pretend in, in our world that things are compartmentalized and you have work and family and, you know, these separate boxes of things, but it's not, it's not the case. Um, if you start going down this path, you'll learn certain things about who you are, how you're showing up in the world, things that really matter to you. Um, and yeah, that's naturally going to create an effect in areas that aren't just how you're moving in your physical body. 
that is uh, that is such a huge huge aspect i think where i don't know it's it in my perspective if you get to connect with your body reconnect with your body um involve integrate these new movement patterns into your your day-to-day life there you know it causes that confidence it causes that uh empowerment because even in my own personal experience, like it started with walking, like my, like you shared about your personal growth experience. My personal growth experience began with, I need, like, I need to lose weight. I just started walking. Then it started to, I started to run. I started to, uh, go to the gym. I started to practice yoga. I started to look good. I started to feel good. I had to, you know, change my whole wardrobe, but somehow those physical breakthroughs transformed into, holy shit. Am I sad about my life? Like I don't, wow. there's so many things I don't like yeah. about my life and it, and it, yeah. and it really, uh, was a catalyst for me to do that personal growth work yeah. it started with physical and then it, and, and then it went into, okay, what's going on? Like, what do I want for myself? Like right. the questioning, you know, the, the self inquiry that you were bringing up earlier. So I think there's a tremendous power in, uh, the physical aspect in that you can do something about it. You can get up, you can get down, you can lie down, you yeah. can do something about it right now. Like there's an immediate experience of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's often, you know, the, the bottleneck, right? You want, maybe you're aware that some things need to change, but if you're not taking care of the physical, maybe you don't have the energy you know, maybe you yes, just don't have, don't have the bandwidth the, yet. Yeah, exactly. You don't have that energy, the willpower. Um, so I think that can be a really great starting point. And it sounds like that's kind of the path that worked for you. So, I, I, man, I think walking is a fantastic way to start. And I wish I wish people would more people would give themselves permission to do that because um, I think some people look at that and they're like, oh, I should go to a boot camp class or something like that. And it doesn't have to be that intense or that it takes complicated. Too long. Like, it's so slow. <laughs> right. Yeah. But there's so there's so much benefit. But that's in the just benefit walking. of it almost. Yeah. Yeah, it gives you time to think. For sure. Well, Jonathan, I want to be respectful of your time, but I would love to, love for you to share uh what you're excited about right now, what you're working on that we need to uh be updated on and and keep up with. Yeah, what I'm really excited about is helping um, stiff people become more flexible. Uh, that's <laughs> that's my main that's my main project. So uh, I have uh, a course that's that's probably out by the time this this episode comes out. Encourage you to check that out if you're the kind of person that wants to um, make a big change in your body. You want to get more flexibility. You want to get more range of motion. Um, and of course, you know, I'm always creating uh, free videos on YouTube and um, always posting on Instagram and I have a Facebook group. So feel free to check out the stuff on all the on all the social media platforms as well. So you can, you know, see if this is something you might resonate with, see if it's something you might um, want to go a little bit deeper with. And it's all uh, just look for Jonathan Mead. So at Jonathan Mead on Instagram, on Facebook, you can just search uh, Uncaged Human, and uh, it's Uncaged Human on YouTube. Um, cool. And of course, you know, you can go to uncagedhuman.com. All the things are on there. And and also feel free, you know, shoot me a message. 
on whatever social media thing you're on. I'm always, you know, taking time every day to answer questions and connect with people. So I'd love to hear from you and hear more about your story and, you know, how I might be able to support you. Amazing, man. So my, my uh, last question, what if you're going to give the people who are listening to this a single action item, like you could only give them one, like what would it be? Create a morning practice, um, a morning movement practice where you're at the very minimum, right, spending some time on the ground, moving all of your joints through their full range of motion, and it could be 10 minutes to start. You can expand on that over time. Um, that, for me, has been the biggest game changer. It changes the whole rest of your day. It sets up the foundation for you to move better all day long. Um, so that would be the, the number one thing. And I have, I have a morning routine thing. Um, you can check out if you want a, a template you can follow. Uh, you can definitely feel free to use, um, that. And that's, that's going to start, you know, changing your mindset around what movement is, which I think is the the next biggest thing, if I if I could say the next thing to work on, but I w- I'll just stop there and just say the morning routine. Yeah, morning routine, and I think that's that's so such a simple thing that we could all incorporate. It's like you have a body, you have joints, you have ten minutes, just move all of them. Just move move that's them it. all, and you're 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 connected. Yeah, that's awesome, yep. man. Jonathan, it was an honor to have you on the show. Yeah, really great, great to be here, Oliver. Loved uh, the conversation, loved the questions that you asked. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Hey guys, before we take off, just want to give another huge thank you to Jonathan for coming on to the show. Thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing with us your incredible wisdom and all the principles that we can all use to incorporate movement into our everyday lives. If you want more information about Jonathan, his online courses, and his incredible content, you can go to uncagedhuman.com. You can also follow him on Facebook as Jonathan Mead and Instagram Jonathan Mead. He shares a ton of great videos of himself using these principles in the woods, in nature, when he's gardening, when he's playing around. And uh, it's, it's just a, a ton of fun and a ton of value there for you guys. Also, make sure to follow his Facebook page, Uncaged Human. All right, guys, if you are looking for the show notes, you can always go to olivermanalise.com forward slash show. Huge thank you to Marlon Manalise for hooking that up every single episode. And if you haven't already, make sure to go check out my monthly newsletter. It's called Oliver's Picks. And essentially, I simmer down the best of the best content that I've found or apps or books or videos that I find impactful and valuable. And I drop it into your inbox every single month. So if you're interested in Oliver's picks, go to olivermanalise.com. You can sign up on the homepage. And if you do, I hope you enjoy it. As well, if you are a leader, you're looking to create an impact. And if you're looking for high performance, as well as want to have a great life, I would love the opportunity to speak with you and see how I can support you. Feel free to book a complimentary consultation with me on my website, olivermanalise.com. And again, again, I got to make this ask. If you, if you get value from the show, the best thing that you can do to support the show is to go onto the 
Apple Podcasts app on your phone. Go to the show, scroll down, hit five stars, write us a review. It helps us get more visibility, helps spread the impact, spread the message of these amazing guests, their stories, and their wisdom. I appreciate it so, so much. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate you being on this journey with me and and all the amazing feedback that I've been getting for these interviews. And we'll see you guys next time. 